This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I'm your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, someone who would never push you into a seemingly bottomless void, Ryan Nelson. Justin, remind me to never ask Royal Abbott to say the blessing. True. That, he, was, he would not give the blessing that you would expect, to say the least. So we will, and we're going to talk about that blessing a little bit later on. Uh, but yes, if you have been listening to the podcast since we started a few months ago, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoy it as we talk about Amazon's newest show on Amazon Prime Video, episode one and two of Outer Range, titled The Void and the Land. If you are new or a regular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a $3, 5 10 or $20 level. When you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you can't be a patron, you can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating, and if you have time, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do write us a review, we'll read it on air next time we record. Both of those go a long way in getting the show into the ears of new listeners. All right, we are talking about Outer Range. It stars Josh Brolin and some other people as well, but he's he's the star of this, to say the least. Uh, but we'll be discussing him and all of his people and all of the rest of his cast Thoughts on this show? I guess let's before we get general thoughts. What were your expectations coming in this show, and how are they being met or not being met as we watched the first two episodes? So um, when we first, when the first trailer came out, I don't know if they showed the void. I don't know that they did either because I, I when I first heard about the show, I was like, oh, it sounds kind of interesting. I might yeah. watch it. I might not. But then I watched the trailer when you when you texted me about it on I guess it was Friday. I was like, oh, that's different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because I think, well, I think I mentioned this too. Like, I had been telling my wife, I was like, how has Josh Brolin not done a streaming show? Because, like, right. he's per- he's perfect for this, as, yeah. as we see. And then I watched the first one. I was like, okay, Amazon's doing their version of uh, Yellowstone. I, and Josh Brolin's in it. I'll watch it. And then, like, I started hearing this true detective part of it. I was like, Okay, I didn't watch the second trailer. Maybe I should watch this. And then I watched it. I was like, well, this, this there's a sci-fi element of this. Yeah, there is. There's a sci-fi element in this. That's just, look, it's just a, it, it's, I, I never would have expected this show to go the way that it did when I first heard they were they were making it. So, I, I look, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, we'll talk more about this in just a second. But before we get into that, I just want to know, how have we gotten to a point where Josh Brolin is old enough to play a grandfather. I know, I know, man. <laughs> I mean, he got his big break in Goonies. What, was that 84, 85? Yeah, like 85, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like, he was yeah. like 16, yeah. Yeah, he was. And he, obviously, he was, he was the big thing. He was James Brolin's kid. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, like, like he, really, he's old enough to be a, play a grandfather. Now, I think he's, he's 54 years old. Yeah. Uh, in real life, I think he's probably. If I had to guess, he's probably around sixty in this in this show. Yeah, I think yes. he's supposed to be a little bit older. Yeah, so. yeah, and uh, he also a uh, couple of times, you know, he's been in some stuff with Tommy Lee Jones, and he played a young Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black, uh, the third one. Remember, he was the the oh, young yeah. version, and there were a couple of times he spoke. He sounded like the Tommy Lee Jones voice. Right. I was like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing here. You're trying to make yourself sound even older. 
Yeah, he, he was. He's trying to make himself sound old. He, he does a good job of it. Yeah, he so. does. Uh, but, yeah, so like I said, that was my first thing. Because like, when that when his daughter, uh, whose name was, what was his daughter's name? Was uh, the granddaughter? Yeah, the granddaughter. That, right, Amy. Granddaughter. Amy, thank you. Uh, when she's talking to him and she calls him grandfather, I was like, oh, crap, he's a grandfather? <laughs> like, I, well, I not, to, the, not to mention his sons had to be in their 30s. Yeah, they did. They had to be in their 30s. And yeah. so... Like I said, man, we, I just did not realize that we were old enough for him to be playing a grandfather. Yeah. But never, never, here we are. So, all right. Uh, anyway, so this show is, it's it's an interesting concept and it's a risky show uh, yeah. because you've got a show that is at times a straight up Western that is also doing some sci-fi stuff. And look, you you say, well, that's not, how's that a risk? You're, you're appealing to two different audiences with that. The risk is when the sci-fi stuff is going on, the Western people who are fans of Westerns may, because these are not two genres that you think would mix very easily. And they don't typically. Yeah. So, you know, when you start doing the sci-fi stuff with the void and all this type of stuff, you've got to make sure that you're telling a story that will keep the Western fans involved. But when you're doing the Western stuff, the straight up Western stuff, you've got to make sure that the sci-fi people you're trying to reel in with the, with the void stuff, you got to make sure that they're staying engaged as well. So like I said, this is a risk. Like you can, you can get some, you can get a, a lot of people to view this to start with. The difficulty is, is keeping them engaged. Now I will say this. I'm not a huge Western guy. I, I, I'll watch some stuff. If it, I'll watch some Western stuff. If it's got actors I'm familiar with, like I would have watched this anyway because of Josh Brolin. Yeah. But normally I'm not big into uh, Westerns and their stories, but the sci-fi stuff gets me. So they're keeping me in, engaged and they're, and they're keeping me involved when they're not doing the sci-fi stuff. So I would say so far they're doing a good job. I'll be interested if they can keep it up. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree on that. And we've seen this fail. Did you ever see the movie Cowboys and Aliens? No, because I heard it was bad. Yeah, and it's it's not that great. It's yeah, but that was that was a failure. I think you're right. I think they do a good enough job, and I, I will say the cast is a big reason why because yeah. Lily Taylor is fantastic as well as his wife. She is, and I haven't seen yeah. her in a long time. Yeah, uh, she she was in The Conjuring, oh, was she? not okay, too I long ago. Some, yeah, something else. Oh, she, did you see Perry Mason? Oh, she had a she had a big part in that that was on HBO a couple of years ago. Oh, okay, no, I didn't see that one. Yeah, mm. so she she's another one keeping that family aspect of the show. I, I think because she's such a such a good actress, and then the sons were really really good about mm-hmm. you know the cowboy aspect. So yeah, I think you're right. I think they did a a very good job, and you didn't like. Um, you didn't lose anything with either either part. I think I think they mashed them, you know, well together. Now I think the thing that is anything with a show like this, and it's like we've talked about with Severance, with Yellow Jackets, these mystery shows. Mm-hmm. You know, if you give too much away, you could lose something. But then if you too slow to give something away, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna scare people away. So that, that that's also the risk about it. But I will say the first two episodes, like the endings. Both yeah. episodes were really good, and I thought from the very first scene, you know, where he's like, "Do you know anything about the Greek god named Kronos?" I was like, "I'm in." I'm yeah, in. That, that is a it's a very ominous him, him shirtless yeah, carrying the <laughs> body. I'm like, I'm hundred percent in. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a very. 
I don't know. I don't know the best word to describe it, but it's a it's an ominous be- opening sequence because yeah. he's carrying this body, and he, you see him throw it into something. Yeah, yeah. And if you seen the if you saw that second trailer like we talked about, you probably have an idea of what he's throwing into, and you've probably even if you hadn't seen that, you probably learned pretty quickly once the story kind of gets going what's happening here. But they do kind of a little misdirect because as the story's unfolding, you see them building towards that moment where he has the body and he throws it into the void. But you also see the two, uh, what's their names, Traver? The Tillersons. The Tillersons. The two Tillerson boys are trying to hunt him down in their truck. And so you think that's the light that he sees when it when it fades away at the very beginning, but it ends up not being, being Autumn, who is the person who they've kind of brought onto their ranch. So uh, they do a little bit of a misdirect there. So this is, this is an interesting story just because like with severance, you know, I can kind of see some things playing out there. There's, there's, there's some hints along the way. Uh, Yellow jackets. You can kind of see how some of that stuff plays out. I don't know what they're doing. In yeah, I would agree with you. I don't know. You know, uh, yeah, I have no idea. There's a couple of things I wanted to bring up. You know, we'll talk about in a minute. But, yeah, I thought the same thing. There were a couple of things like, now, where is this going? You know, yeah, I have no idea where this is going. Yeah, I, like, this is one that is, like, it's going to leave me, uh, whenever they get to where they're going to get to with this show, I, I'll be interested to see how they take it because I don't know where they're going with it because yeah. I, I kind of thought I had a little bit figured out in episode two and then that ending in episode two. I was like, no, I don't have this figured yeah. out at all. So but we'll get into all that in a little bit. Uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about some of the storylines that they set up here at the beginning. Obviously, what's going to play, I think what, one that they are going to eventually circle back to is this, this the disappearance of Perry's wife, uh, who is the sister-in-law, the daughter-in-law of Abbott, and what's his? What's Lily Taylor's character? Cecilia and Royal Cecilia, Abbott. Yeah, 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 Cecilia and Royal Royal Abbott. Uh, so I think that's going to be a, a big storyline. We're probably going to learn something about what actually happens to her. I, I feel like that's going to be one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this other thing about how Royal just kind of wandered onto Cecilia's family's ranch. Uh, they they mentioned that at the beginning of episode one, and they don't really talk much about it. Uh, something tells me that that's going to they're going to come back around to that at some point. Well, also he had a picture. I think he looks at it in episode two. He has a picture of his parents. Yes, he does. So that he keeps he, hidden. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's it's hidden. What's weird. Yeah, it's hidden. Like why so he knows again? he knows something about his family that that we're we're going to learn something. And I have a feeling Autumn is the, there's going to be a, she's going to be involved with that. Oh, yeah, I, I think that's definitely the case. Uh, my other thing, another, another one, how much does Wayne Tillerson uh, know yeah. about The Void? Because he's got some weird stuff going on. Like, uh, when the after The Void kind of first appears, he calls up uh, Cecilia and says, something's coming. And it's obvious that he wants that part of the pasture that The Void is on. So he knows something is going yeah. on. We just he, don't know how much. And uh, the great Will Patton, all, yes. always, always good, whatever he's in. Uh, yeah, he was he was really good, and like especially you know you could tell he's dying, or you know, and right. like, uh, but he he had that look in his eye that he knew something, and that was and like when he was talking, was it a buffalo on the wall? Yeah, it was buffalo on the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he was he was like, you feel it too, and I was like, oh man, I I was right. I, I just loved that scene. Yeah, it was that was a really good scene. Uh, obviously, you know, Autumn played by Imogen, and I, I feel so sorry for this girl, Imogen yeah. Poots. 
Why wouldn't you change the last name? <laughs> exactly. Imogen Poots. It would be the worst thing in the world to go through middle school with the last name of Poots. I yes, mean, I cannot imagine. Being a middle school teacher, I know how difficult this girl's life must have been when she was growing up to have the middle last name of Poots. But she's a beautiful, she's a beautiful yeah. uh, woman. Uh, but she's a model. Uh, I don't know. She's played in some other stuff, and nothing I've, I could think of her seen. But she's. You know, she's very ominous to come in. I mean, she just kind of wanders in. You know, I want to stay on your land for a little bit and camp out. And you're like, okay, what's going on with, with her? And, you you know, we get introduced to her, but we don't see her again until the very end of the first episode. And she just has this weird way of always showing up at these weird, unexpected times, at least in these first two episodes anyway. Well, in the second episode, she admits that she knew stuff about Royal. Right. Mm-hmm. And that she was in a cult uh, when she was young, so that's what makes me wonder if Royal had not been, maybe. you know, maybe he escaped at nine, you know, yeah. th- there could be some story with that. Uh, but yeah, she she knew a lot about the family, and and including when that scene when she was she ran into Amy, right, and mm-hmm. she was talking. So uh, yeah, that she had that shocked face when she found out Royal was still alive. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, like so. The- it's going. That's going to be interesting. I don't know where they're going with it, and I'll be interested to see how it plays out. Uh, another one that I had was how the family is going to navigate around Perry killing Trevor Till- uh, Tillerson. Uh, that's obviously the big plot point that they're selling in these first two episodes. I I wonder if it's going to continue to be the big plot point as they go uh, go through. So uh, yeah, it, that that's another interesting thing because Rhett was very upset about it. Yeah, uh, and do you realize who Rhett is? He looks familiar, but I, I couldn't place him. He is Bill Pullman's son. He is Lewis Pullman. Oh, okay. And he looks like his dad if you look yeah, at no, him. Yeah, now that you mentioned that, yes, yeah. he does. And, and uh, I actually saw he is in Top Gun, the new Top Gun movie. He's oh, actually he? had a very nice career the last few years. He was in okay. the movie, uh, the the what was it called? The Battle at El Royale that was like, it took place in a, like it was a, like a horror a suspense movie. Jeff Bridges, Chris Hemsworth was in it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. He was in it too. It. I think he was the villain. And he was in a movie that's actually really good with called uh, Them That Follow. It's got yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Olivia Coleman, Walton Goggins. And he's like a villain in that. It's about these uh, snake handling churches. Oh, okay. So he's he's had a nice little career. And he's young. I think he's like 28. But uh, yeah. yeah, if you look at him, you'll now that I mentioned it's Bill Pullman's son, you'll you'll see his face. Yeah, and say, oh, sure oh, okay. But uh, yeah, like I said, he you could tell he was very upset, you know, about it. Like he's having some anxiety about it, and the mom as well. Yeah. you know, the religious mom stating, well, you know, will the Lord forgive us for this?" And I was thinking, uh, maybe <laughs> start <laughs> repenting now. Yeah, it obviously out of place. And Perry, uh, who is played, who is Perry played by? He's played by Tom, Tom Belfry, and he's had he's had a decent little career as well. I know he's well, in Ozark, which I have not seen. You've I was going to say he was incredible in Ozark. He plays Laura Lenny. He's on one season. He plays Laura Lenny's uh, brother, who's mentally ill, and he did some. He did honestly. Uh, he he was nominated for some awards and didn't didn't win the Emmy. He did some of the best acting I've ever seen for someone who was mentally ill. He has a like bipolar like schizophrenic scene in a cab. I've never seen anyone. Act. I felt like I was watching someone actually have a freak out. Oh, really? And uh, he just incredible. I knew when he was so good that he was going to find. And 
this is a great role for him because again he's showing the grief that he's going through. Yeah. Uh, so a very good actor. Yeah, uh, he's doing a really good job. Both both of the the boys are are doing yeah. a really good job yeah. in this. Uh, so let's just kind of talk about episode one real quick. Uh, obviously, I have one other thing. The land dispute. Uh, that's going to be. That's yeah. obviously going to be a big storyline, just because of the fact that the disputed land is where the void is. At least that's what yeah. I've kind of gathered based off what right. I've been telling us so far. Uh, so, uh, like I said, that's uh, there's a bit of a game of chicken being played between Royal and between Lane. Uh, yeah, so, Wayne. Yeah, so I'm going to be interested to see how how they continue to play that out. And I think it's going to probably end very, very badly for Wayne. I could be wrong about that, just because he is playing a very, very cocky hand. Yes, Uh, he is. And I'll I'll go ahead and mention this now. I mean, they are just they are pulling they are pointing out in episode two when Royal goes to visit goes to visit Wayne to try to work out this this dispute over the land. The thing that he looks at when he looks up at that wall is all those pictures of those mounted owls. You can't kill an owl. I know. No, you can't. <laughs> You're not allowed yeah. to do that. He's got like 20 of them on his yeah. wall. So, I mean, they he, they are just pointing out that this guy does not give a crap about the laws. He thinks he's above it. He thinks he is, uh, that none of it applies to him. Well, Royal's uh, lawyer even says they don't lose. You might as well, you know, right. settle. So, I, something tells me. Things are going to end very badly for him. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah. something tells me that things are going to end really, really badly for him. All right, so let's talk about episode one real quick. The discovery of this void, it happens pretty early. I kind of mm-hmm. thought when I saw the trailer, I thought that would probably be something that gets revealed like at the very end of episode one. Uh, when I when I saw that in the trailer, I was like, oh, that probably seems like something that they, this big reveal at the very end. But no, it happens pretty early. Like uh, the first 15 minutes, I yeah. would say. So I was a little surprised with that. Were you surprised? Oh, yeah, I definitely was surprised. And then, you know, I kind of went back and watched the beginning of the episode uh, this morning. And it was interesting to watch it again because, like you mentioned, Wayne called. But also, uh, Royal starts having, like, some weird, like, he can't hear. This is even before he goes in the void. Mm -hmm. He starts having some hearing and, like, he's feeling something. So that maybe was when the void appears. So that was was interesting. But, yeah, I was surprised we, we saw it so quickly. Yeah, I was I was surprised too, and you know obviously you can tell it's not just a hole because they got this little wispy thing that's running through it, and so you know there's something more to it than just being a, a hole. And we discover that when he puts his hand down inside of it, and we see this vision. We don't know what it's a, a vision of. We just know that the sheriff is coming to talk to them, but we don't know if it's in the past and the future. But we realize as soon as the scene is over the very next scene is of what he just saw. So it's obviously showing him something in the future. And, you know, we see a lot more of that as we get to the end of episode two, obviously. But the other thing is this buffalo that just yeah, yeah. comes in out of nowhere. And he has these two arrows in him. Like, what is going on with this buffalo? <laughs> yeah, I, I had a lot of questions about the buffalo. And the buffalo is seen again. He's seen him when, a few times. Mm-hmm. When, uh, well, we've seen him, Royal sees him, but then Rhett and Perry see him when they're escaping after they've killed Trevor. Yeah. They see him there. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. So what, where's the buffalo from? Well, yeah, I, right. I, yeah. I, I don't get the buffalo at all. I, I, obviously, the buffalo is going to mean something or play a role in something. I, I just don't know what at this point. So, uh, like I said, he just, he just keeps showing up. So, uh, but obviously, the big thing that, kind of gets everything rolling in this in this first episode 
is the scene at the bar uh, where Perry is obviously he's he's drunk. He's getting ready to throw up, and he goes outside, uh, and he ends up throwing up on Trevor and his girl. I don't uh, remember her name. Yeah. Uh, but it obviously ticks off uh, Trevor Tiller, uh, Trevor Tillerson, and they're getting ready to fight, and that's when uh, – what's the other brother's name? What's Rhett. Name? Rhett. Well, that's when Rhett steps in, and he knows what's about to happen, and he goes and beats him up, and he thinks all, it's all settled. And it should have been all that settled, yeah. but then Trevor, being what he is, being just a jerk, starts running his mouth, and he mentions Perry's wife, and that's when Perry just loses it, and he ends yeah. up beating, literally beating him to death. Yes, yes. Well, first he takes out his windpipe. Yeah, uh-huh. And then, like you said, just beat him to death. Wow, that was that was something. Yeah, and so you can just see when Rhett pulls up, he's like, I don't know what to do. And he, he doesn't know what to do. He's asking Perry on the on the way with, with Trevor in the bed the, uh, the of the truck, his body, his lifeless body back there. What do we want to do? Do you, do you want to go to the sheriff's office? Do you want to go to the hospital? And obviously they decide to go... Uh, to the family farm or to the ranch and that's when royal gets involved and they've got to start making a decision they make the decision they're going to try to cover up this body uh they're going to try to get rid of the body and keep perry out of jail because every time they they reel somebody else in it, it's more and more trouble because it means somebody else could go to jail as well yeah. uh all right so let's go ahead and talk about uh image and poots who plays autumn real quick uh she shows up and you know, what did you think about that whole interaction when she first shows up onto the ranch? I thought it was just hilarious because where he says, let me guess you're from Boulder. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she's like a hippie chick. And then, and then she, he, she says something like, well, I'm a poet. And he's like, we don't need any poets We don't here. need any poets. Uh, yeah. Just the way he said that. And then like, how did you guess I was from Boulder? Is like he was like it's this whole thing. I forgot how he said it, but yeah, that and uh, and uh, it was interesting how he saw that she had money, and he was like, yeah, you could stay. Right. Yeah. Basically, and he realized he didn't want to let her stay, and she correctly points out that you know you you need the money, even though she doesn't she doesn't seem to know them, she doesn't seem to know their family, but she has him pegged pretty quickly that yeah. you know you're on this ranch and you got this guy who's doing obviously so much better than you right next door to you. You need the money, and so he's like, all right, I'll take your money. So and he takes the money, uh, but they make it pretty clear that she's. She's different, uh, yeah. and we don't really know exactly how it's going to be different or what she's going to do, but she's just got something about her that obviously pays off later on in uh, the episode. So we get to the end when they are uh, – Royal has – basically, Perry has done all he could to stall the Tillerson brothers. The Tillerson brothers come to the Abbott Ranch, and they're trying to find their brother because they think that – the the abbots correctly have done something to yeah. uh, their brother and they're trying to find him and Perry's doing his best to stall and they stall just enough for to Abbott to get the body onto his horse and to ride down to the to uh, their land and that's when the Tillersons go chasing after him and that's when he crawls through that barbed wire fence gets his shirt taken off so we start to see how this scene is playing out which we mentioned earlier that scene at the very beginning of the episode is starting to play out and you see him throw that body into the void you don't know where it goes because we don't know what happens in the void that's when autumn shows up 
And you're like, okay, well, I wasn't expecting that. Or, or, or did you see that coming, or were you expecting no, to the, the Tillersons? I, d- I did not expect that at all. And I thought, man, what an intense scene where mm. you see him take off, and then you see the you know the truck and the four wheeler you know mm. chasing them, him. and then you see the lights and everything. It was it was very intense. But yeah, I did not see Autumn coming. That I was I was shocked by that. And she starts sliding those lines that he gave us at the very beginning yeah. of the episode. Like, okay, well, this obviously means something. Uh, we still don't know what it means, though. Yeah. Uh, but it obviously means something. So, uh, And she mentioned the void, so I guess that's where they're kind of working that in, is that this, maybe this void was created by the Kron- god Kronos or, or whatever, but I don't know. Yeah, he was the god of time. Yeah, the god of time. Uh, so, so he throws the body in, and Autumn is talking to him. And what I expected to happen was Royal to throw her in and she would somehow come back and then he's got another problem to deal with. Yeah. It ends up being the opposite. She pushes him in like at the very last second of the show. Like, I don't know what your Amazon Prime yeah. is like, but like as soon as like she pushed him in mine, like, cause you start getting a countdown. Right. Uh, right. To, like to the next episode. And like the moment she pushes him, it was like on one. I was like, Oh, they went that direction with it. Yeah, I, and I hate the I hate when Amazon does that. I, yeah, I, know. I hate that because sometimes it does it early. Yeah, sometimes it. Does. I felt like it was done early on this one. Yeah, but uh, that I, I was with you. I was shocked. I was like, okay, that's like, the way. That's the way you end episode. Yeah, because I really thought that he was going to throw her in. Okay, and then yeah. he would have to deal with her coming back. Is what I thought. And it ends up being the other way around. She was going to have to deal with him coming back. And what's interesting about it when she pushes him in. I don't feel like she was trying to kill him. I think she was just doing it more out of curiosity. Like, if I push him in, what's going to happen? Because she obviously knows there's something to this big hole that's in the ground. It's more than just a hole. It's like I said, I, was, I really didn't get the impression that she was trying to get She thought that there was a possibility she might kill him. But I don't think she thought it was a hmm. given that he was about to die. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Uh, that's a good question. I, I don't know. She was kind of shocked he was still alive in the next episode right so i don't i don't know that that's an interesting question yeah so i don't really know how like i said there's she knows there's something up with that oh uh, yeah that void but she yeah. I, she's not letting us know what it is so all right so that starts us off with episode two and royal is on the ground and when this episode starts and we see royal and he's next to us, i just assume he, he is like falling into some other type of reality or something like that that's not the case what we're seeing at this point he's back on his yeah. farm he's back on his ranch and we don't know what happened to him after he fell into that void, and it's kind of just kind of brushed off. <laughs> yeah, that was that was interesting, like you said, and and now he has a leg injury. Yeah, and we don't. And we really. Well, I just assumed it was because of the fall, but that's not the case. Because yeah, he got th- shot. <laughs> yeah, but I thought I thought the same thing. I was like, okay, where is he at? And then, like you said, he walks back up to the to the to ranch the house, like yeah. nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Like nothing happened at all. So. Just this weird opening, and then it kind of, for the most part, the rest of it up until the very end, just kind of plays out like a regular Western show. Uh, yeah. I mean, we don't have, there's not a whole lot of sci-fi elements in it until the very end, obviously. Um, and they do kind of do a little bit with Autumn and Amy a little bit, but not a yeah, whole lot. Yeah, yeah. But uh, like I said, so he goes up and he's, they start to concoct a plan. And, you know, the, the boys are asking him, where were you? And he's like, and where's the body? And he's like, don't worry about it. It's done. It's taken care of. So he wants to just brush it off, leave it alone. Cause he knows nobody's going to find that body. I mean, he doesn't know where it went, but it's, it's in this weird void and he doesn't know where it is. Uh, so finding it would be 
next to impossible. I, I still would like to be know what happened to that body because obviously at the end of the episode, it's we don't see that body when he goes into the yeah. mood. No, so, we don't. And I did notice that Matt Laria is playing Trevor, and he's mm-hmm. listed in four episodes. Yeah, I'm guessing we'll probably get some like flashbacks yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Guess, but I could, maybe, well, maybe not. Maybe he'll he, show up again. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so at this point, Royal he realizes that they're going to have the dispute. He goes to his lawyer. The lawyer, like you said, told him, you know, just give it to him. They don't lose. Uh, they've obviously got an assessor in their pocket. Uh, so at this point, Royal goes to Tillerson. And this is when we kind of get a real idea of his health issues. Uh, yeah. I don't think we really got a good idea of that in the in the first episode when he was talking on the phone and all that type of stuff. We just thought he was crazy, and Cecilia yeah. said he was a drunk. Right. And, but we see just exactly, he seems to be in real bad health. I don't know what is, is wrong with him, but he seems to be, uh, I thought maybe it was a dialysis machine, but I don't think that's the case. Yeah. So, but the, he's, got something, he's got something seriously wrong with him. But the fact, despite the fact that he's about to die, he is going hard after this land that is in the Abbott family has been in it for over a hundred years, yeah. and it's going to be like I said, it's going to be a, it's going to be a big point in the show. But I'll be interested. Like I said, Tillerson knows something is about that void. It, I, they, I you can't convince me otherwise. That oh, he I, know I agree. Story. So, do you think he thinks he that? Do you think Wayne thinks he can get in the void and it'll save his life? That's that kind of seems like the obvious answer, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just because the only thing that we know is it has something to do with the future. Uh, at least that's all we know. It may yeah. have something else to do, but it has something to do with the future at this point. We just don't know what. So I'll like I said, I'll just be interested where they take that how that ends up working itself out. Cause like I said, this is one of those shows where I truly do not know which direction they're headed. And I thought, yeah. I kind of thought I had it. I kind of thought I knew at this point. Uh, but when they get to the end of episode two, I'm like, Nope. I yeah. You know. have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so at this point, uh, Amy goes out on her hike and she runs into autumn and they have a discussion and autumn is genuinely shocked that Royal is alive, but it's not like she's shocked because she's scared. Right, right. It's like, because, you know, if you just push somebody into a, a bottomless pit, you would kind of be scared that they might turn you into the police. Yeah. Uh, that's not going to be the case. She's just kind of, she's just genuinely shocked, like, oh, he survived. I, I don't know. It's just this weird dynamic. Uh, but Amy's talking to her, so she's wondering, you know, why are you here? And, and Amy explains to him to her that she's she sees this. She's been seeing this symbol for so many years, and it, it's drawn her to the Abbott Farm, and that's when... Amy says, oh, well, that looks like our cattle brand. And which I don't know how she didn't see that to begin with. I mean, yeah. it's it was pretty on obvious. The, it was on the uh, the entrance they had it mm-hmm. off. When the, in the, yeah, she walked by. Yeah, Right. So I'm not really sure how she didn't see that. But nevertheless, I can I can let that go. Yeah. I can let that slide. Uh, but so knowing that Ab- Royal is still alive, obviously that kind of piques her interest. Uh, Amy goes back to Amy goes back to the house. And at the house, they're getting ready to have supper. And that's when Royal says, I want to pray. And that just kind of shocks everybody because that's not <laughs> what he does. And he lets loose a prayer. <laughs> I yeah. mean, 
I mean, he just starts talking to God and like starts saying "f you" because I don't even know if you're real. Yeah. Uh, you know, get us, if you're going to get us through this, get us through it. And I don't even know if you can because I don't even know if you're there. Uh, I mean, he's just letting loose. Uh, just an absolutely great. This is this is the best part of the. This is the best performance by Broil Brolin in this first two episodes. Yeah, that was that was something. That was a man who had some questions that he wants God to answer now. And he wasn't going to take no for an answer. He wasn't yeah. going to say, wait, or anything like that. He, yeah. he wanted to know what the answer was. And that's when that's when Amy walks uh, in, and she apologizes for being late, and she reveals that she talked with Autumn. And this is when uh, Royal is just like, no, I, we're not going to do anything, have anything to do with her, because he didn't seem all that concerned with her. And we just And you think when you see this happening is because – she pushed him into the void. You think, oh, that's why he doesn't want anything to do with her. No, that's not the case. And we find that out later at the end of the episode. At least that's what I thought anyway. I, th- I thought it was it had to do with something with the void. But like oh, you, you said, he, he, he just doesn't trust her either. Yeah, he doesn't trust her. And he has plenty of reason not to trust her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but so at that point at the dinner table, they decide to move the cattle because I, I don't know if it's because he's necessarily giving up. He wasn't because he was giving up hope. It's because he didn't want his cattle falling into yeah. this void. That's, this is what started the whole... This is how he starts the, finds the discovery of this void is because two of his cattle have gone missing. And when he's out looking for them back in episode one, that's when he comes across the void. And obviously they're implying that the cattle wandered into that void. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so when they're moving the cattle, he has to go off on his own because one of the one of the calves starts running towards it. And the rest of the family is like, what is he doing? Where is he going? Uh, and he has to, and you can see that, that calf is getting awful close to that void. Very close. Uh, so, you know, he makes this decision and the family's kind of shocked because like they, they kind of are hinting at, you know, maybe he's out of his mind a little bit because of everything that's going on because they don't have the help they need to get this cattle moved. Uh, they don't have to have Amy help, uh, to do it. She's having to school. So they're playing some interesting things here. At least I thought they were. No, I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, it's always interesting to watch these shows that take place on these ranches like this because there are people that, you know, still do this type work. Yeah, there are. Every, you know, every day all over the country. So it's all, to me, this is always interesting. And like you said, the family has no clue about the void and what's going on. And just right. to watch Crazy Dad yeah, <laughs> chasing, chasing down a calf like that. Uh, yeah, it's something. Yeah, it is, because obviously he has a purpose and he knows what he's doing, but he's trying to keep everybody else in the dark. And, you know, I'm, I'm just curious why he's not bringing them into it. Just at some point, they're going to come across. At least I would yeah, think they would, that yeah. they would come across. I'd want to go ahead and pull them in as much as I can. And that way it's, I don't know, shocking, but I don't know. I, I guess if I found a void that took me into the future, I wouldn't know what to do either. So, <laughs> Well, especially when we find out, which is the next scene, of what happened to him. Yeah, so let's go ahead and talk about that. Um, next scene, we get this confrontation between Autumn and Royal in the, I guess it's the barn, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he's going to, he pulled, he had tried to get this, to this picture earlier and he got interrupted, uh, but he goes to this, this little, I guess, tool cabinet thing and he pulls out a drawer and he pulls out a picture of his, what we have, uh, are assuming is his parents. Uh, and when he does so, that's when, once again, Autumn sneaks up behind him and starts having a discussion with him. Uh, and this is a very tense discussion between the two of them. A very tense discussion. Uh, and Royal starts asking all these just weird questions. I was like, why are you asking all these these questions? He started asking about 
uh, were you in a cult? I was like, why would yeah. you ask? Why would you go to that? And then he asked, uh, what does the color yellow mean to you? Uh, what are you into mining? Are you work for a miner? I'm like, where's all this coming from? And she seems just as flabbergasted as we are. So yeah. I'll, like I said, I don't know how much she, again, I don't know how much she knows about his past because she seems kind of confused herself. At least I got that impression. I, I think she knows. I think she's faking it. I, so somehow they're connected. Yeah, I think they are. I, but I don't know that she's got the complete story. I think she's, yeah. she came here because she's trying to get the rest. Of, I think she has a piece of it, but I don't know that she has the full thing. She's trying to understand it. And when he's asking about all this stuff, I think that's what makes her start to think, well, there's something going on here that I don't know about. That's when she just turns, she finally asked the question, why are you asking me all this? What happened when I pushed you into that void? And that's when we find out. That's when we find out what actually happened. So we go back to the scene. We see her pushing him in, him falling through, and he lands on their land. And this is the most confusing thing because I've never seen a scene like this before in a television show. So he, he starts to wake up and he sees all this mining equipment and all this oil drilling equipment. And as he kind of starts to come to, he looks around and he starts seeing it's all these people from town, his family, the Tillersons, like all the people from town, the sheriff. Autumn. Autumn, these military people, this cult is there. Yeah. And you're like, what is going on? They don't seem to be surprised that he's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so when he finally comes to, Cecilia, his wife, played wonderfully by Lily Taylor, walks towards him. She starts to explain to him, you know, uh, he asks her, you know, is this our land? And she says, no, it's not anymore. And she explains to him, you died two years ago. So we're in the future. Wow. We don't we don't know where when in the future, but we know it's in the future. And he's supposedly been dead, but she doesn't seem shocked that he's there. Yeah. Like, so a, a, a man who's been dead for two years and nobody's surprised that he's there, which is, like I said, it's just this weird mystery that I don't get. Well, especially also when she ends it with, just whispering in his ear, run. run. And he yeah. takes off. And when and he when he takes off, everybody starts chasing him. <laughs> and I'm shooting like, at him. And yeah. it was, it was uh, Luke, I think. Yeah, it was Luke him. that ends up shooting him and hitting him in his leg. And that's where he gets the, the gun injury that, that that he's been dealing with throughout the entire episode. That's how he gets it. So I'm like, why are they chasing him? Why are these military people there? You know, why is this cult there that nobody seems to be too terribly concerned about because there's this cult there and the void is there because when he runs away he jumps into the void in the future as well to get away from all these people I'm like what is going on that's where, yeah. that's where it ends I'm like yeah. oh wow like I said I mean I absolutely enjoyed watching it I loved it and part of it is because I don't know where they're going with it and this right. is a mystery that I want to solve and I want to know where they're taking the show because I, I don't have the first solitary clue yeah I'm with you I, I have no idea where this is going and I, I'm in you know yeah, I'm I, I, I'm fully in I think it's uh, is it 10 episodes or 8 I think it's, it's 8, eight. It's eight. So it ends, I'm, I'm the in. last episode is the 28th I think or 29th okay. this month so it was it was good and like I said, the way they end these episodes, you immediately want to start watching the next. Yeah, one. you do. I mean, and like I said, I was really disappointed. I couldn't go watch episode yeah. three. This would have been a great binge show. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. At yeah. least if if what they are doing in these first two episodes would it will carries through into the rest of the episodes, this would have been a great binge show. Uh, yeah, so for sure. 
because I could have watched this entire thing on Friday when it came out. I could have watched the whole thing right then. Uh, all right, anything else you want to talk about before we get into our weekly awards with the show? Yeah, I've got three things. Go ahead, go ahead. Quickly. Uh, also, another show with very good music. They use a lot of yeah, older country because it starts off, the first song they play, I think it's when he's ranching, and the, it's uh, Mule Skinner, which is a traditional country song, uh, Dolly Parton's cover of it, which is mm-hmm. a really, really good song. And then you hear like Johnny Cash, Amy Lou Harris, so another show that just works in that old country music right. just when you want it. Uh, the other one, I was going to say, this is this Yellowstone uh, I feel like something else takes place in Wyoming. Wyoming, gorgeous. Yes, yeah, it but is. It's people are nuts. That's <laughs> from all these shows. The people are nuts. Yeah, true, they are. And then the third thing we haven't talked about this character. Billy Tillerson is played by Noah Reed. Uh, do you know who yes, Noah yes. Reed is? I, I know the name, but I, can't, I couldn't. So play. he is in Shit's Creek. Oh, uh, uh, okay. And he's a beloved character. So, uh, and he's actually a musician. So that's why we see him singing. Yeah, and if you look at the watch the trailers, he's got some weird things he's doing in some of the yes, trailers. Right. And I noticed that he is in the trailer. Well, if you like go to Twitter and search the show, people are talking about him as much as they are Josh Brolin because Shit's Creek has a huge, huge following. Yeah, so I, I can tell you. That. I can't. Oh, it's it's so good. It is. It's one of the best shows ever. And there were so many people. that are like, "Oh, Noah Reed's in a cowboy show. I'll watch this." And like, <laughs> like he was, and he's so different than his character in Shit's Creek. He's the sweet guy. He's the. He ends up being the husband of someone on the show, uh-huh. and uh, he's just very nice, but so different than this weirdo he's playing. So I and was he's just weird. Sh- he's got some weird things weird. going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, he has a scene coming up where it's like. Don't be a silly goose. Get in yeah. the truck. Well, his <laughs> That's singing, what I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his singing of Whitney Houston in his underwear was quite interesting as well. Yeah, it was. But uh, I, I thought it was interesting. Like like I said, when I when I searched on Twitter, because I was like, oh, I wonder what the buzz is about. And it was all these Noah Reed fans. Uh, <laughs> and in fact, he's, he's actually a really good musician. He was coming to Birmingham uh, in May of 2020. And as you can Yes, I didn't see him. He never came. <laughs> yeah, he did not. Yeah. So maybe he'll come back. But yeah, maybe. I want to, to mention him. Noah Reed, a beloved character and an actor. Uh, he, he's making his Broadway debut this week as well. So a big week okay. for him. Yeah, big week so, for yeah. him. Yeah, so uh, I just wanted to, to shout him out. All right. Uh, so anything else before we get to our weekly awards? I think we're good. Okay, so. All right, weekly awards are Tyrion Lannister. That is the MVP of the episode. Who was your Tyrion Lannister for this? It's it's Josh Brolin. Yeah, it's it Rollable. He's doing the heavy lifting in the show, and he is. you know when you get uh, my guess is they spent a large portion of their budget to get him. Oh yeah, uh, to sign on this to sign on the show, and it, Amazon is really trying their best to kind of reestablish themselves in the streaming wars. They really are. Uh, they started it with Wheel of Time back in. I guess that was in October, November. I think it was November. Uh, that didn't go very well. Uh, it. Got very very mixed reviews. I watched most of it. I didn't finish it, but it was it was okay. It was not great. Uh, they didn't they did Reacher, which obviously did much better. Huge uh, hit. Yeah, Reacher was a big hit. They're doing this one. This one we didn't talk about the reviews. When I last checked it, it was like at seventy four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Audiences are liking it. They're in yeah. the high eighties. Uh, so, but there are some mixed reviews for this. I, I like I said, I think it's going to be mostly. I think most it's going to stay mostly positive. Um, but they're really banking on Brolin with this to brought, bring some people in. 
uh, that the boys season three coming out in the summer and their big thing they're building up towards is the Lord of the Rings prequel series that they have coming out, which is supposed to be like the most expensive show that has ever been made. Uh, So they are, they are really trying to get reestablish themselves back in the streaming wars and they wanted Brolin and he is the big selling point of this. And he, he does a great job of, like I said, especially that prayer scene that just was, yeah, he just let loose in that one. And he, uh, man, he's had an interesting career because, like you mentioned, he was in Goonies, mm-hmm. and then he struggled for his twenties and, and a good part of his thirties, and then it took him to finally do some character parts. Like No Country for Old Men was like a right. huge thing. Excuse me, where he he's got the his smoking and drinking allowed him to have this gravelly voice yeah. that makes him, and he he kind of has a weathered face, and his last. 15 to 20 years have just he's been on a tear he's been in multiple things in marvel he's in the sicario movies which are fantastic uh you know just really great actor and like i said i there were a couple of people that i've i was talking to my wife this was a few months ago i was like there are two people i don't know how they haven't done a show like this vince vaughn is the other one yeah because vince vaughn a funny dramatic show like this he would kill on yeah he would he would be really good and the other one is Brolin, and it's something like this. And it's also interesting, he's so good at playing a cowboy and like yeah. like a, a working guy. This is a son of a famous actor. Yeah, he is. But, but I did read that he grew up, his mother was a wild a wildlife activist, and they lived on a ranch outside of L.A. Right. So he grew up around horses and really didn't have the life of some, you know, some of the rich, right. pe- probably people his, his, like, he didn't have the life of Charlie yeah. Sheen and Emilio Estevez, similar age, that their dad was rich. So, like, yeah, so it's interesting that he plays the working man, a cowboy, so well. So who would have ever thought the yeah. son of a, of a, of the son of, son-in-law of Barbara Streisand right. would, would be so good playing a cowboy. Right. You know, I'll be interested. Uh, this is one of his first roles post-Thanos. Uh, so yeah. I'll be really interested to see how the rest of his career goes because that role is is so defining for him. I mean, just, yeah. I mean, that... He is forever known as Thanos at this point, and uh, like I said, I'll just be interested to see how uh, his the rest of his career plays out. Well, um, he he has the Sicario movies. Have you watched those? I have not. They're really really good. They're about like the uh, the U.S. government dealing with the cartels, right? And the first one is a incredible movie. Uh, the second one they ham it up a little bit more because he he's like a he's like a guy that works like. A black ops group that you know okay. undercover, and in the and in the he has one. It's like one of the greatest trailers of all time because like they just kill every, him and Benicio del Toro kill everyone in the first movie, <laughs> but in the, in the second movie he's convincing Benicio del Toro, and he's like, "There's no rules this time." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, like, like you two had rules last time, right? Exactly. And then he's like, "We're going to have to get dirty." And it's like, just an incredible trailer. And it's 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 because of them, because of Josh Brolin, man. What a, what a great actor! All right, so our Agatha all along. What is the best scene of this week? These two episodes. So, to me, it's the first the episode one where they're trying to get rid of the body and the Tillersons okay. get there. I thought it was is intense scene when the Tillersons are trying to get in the house. I thought that was good. Mm-hmm. And then that chase scene to me was just incredible. Yeah, it was really good. It was my second. I went with the scene at the very end of episode two that just the absurdity of everything I was watching, uh, just because 
if done poorly, that really could have that could really turn you off on this this show just because you know yeah. there's so much going on in that episode in that in that scene. There's so much that you see and like I said, just to watch it unfold was. I just was fascinated by it, and yeah. like I said, it just wanted, it pulled me right back in, wanting to know what happens in uh, the third episode. So that's the reason I went with that one. Yeah. All right. Uh, the if you come with the king, you best not miss the best line of these two episodes. What did you go with? To me, it is the first line of this show yeah, where, was- where he's like, "Do you know anything about about the god <laughs> named Kronos?" And also, it's Josh Brolin's gravelly voice, yeah. man. You know. The, all the cigarettes he smoked and whiskey paid off because just the way he says it too. I'm just like, like I said, I was like, I mean, well, it gives more, and it also that line, it comes back with a, it gives it more weight at the end of episode one. Yeah, when she repeats it, when she does the same right. thing, and you're like, why is she saying it this time? Why was he saying it at the beginning of the episode? So yeah, like like I said, that just it gave it a lot more gravitas when they ended up getting repeated later and, on. In the and that's a very good point. And like, and I was going to mention one more thing. When he said it, I was like, oh, this isn't Yellowstone. <laughs> yeah. This is a whole different show. Yeah, it is a whole different show. Uh, my, I went with that just that prayer. I, I, I yeah. didn't want to recite the whole thing, but that prayer was powerful. I mean, yeah, I, I, that prayer just I was like, dang. I mean, because at the time I was thinking, well, this it's rated like uh, TVMA, and you know there were a couple of cuss words and stuff. But I was like, hey, yeah. I really don't see why it's TVMA. Then he says the prayer, <laughs> like, okay, yeah, this is yeah. TVMA. That's that's for certain. Uh, but yeah, so I just that prayer was powerful. He just absolutely knocks it out of the park in uh, that that section where he's doing that prayer. So that's why I went with it. All right, so our rating, we don't rate the show yet, but we do give a rating on what we think it is at this point. What is your rating for Outer Range at this point? So we the our highest level is Game oh, yes. of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, right below s- it is Lost. Mm-hmm. Middle of the road is Friends. Uh, no, right below Friends is Full, Full House. House. And at the bottom is uh, Baywatch. So what is your rating so far for Outer Range? So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with loss, but this is Game of Thrones territory. Yeah, this is it is. I went with loss as well. Here's what I also will say though: it is it it's bordering on Game of Thrones territory, but it could also go really down low. Right, I mean, it could. It, it this could. is there is a lot in play with this show. They've got to do this right for the rest of the series uh, because. Like I was talking about earlier, there's a lot of risk being taken in a show like this. And so far, they've done a really good job with it. Yeah. Uh, if they continue to do a good job with it, I think this will definitely catapult itself well into Game of Thrones. If they start screwing up with some of the storytelling and some of trying to mix in these different elements, they could go way down low as well. So like I said, there's a wide range of how this show could play out. I, the first two episodes I thought were spectacular, uh, yeah. but we still need to know more to go straight to game of Thrones, but right, I thought they were right. really good. And one like, incredible cast, everybody yeah. in it. They're, they're all doing a really good job of it so far. So I, like I said, I'm really interested to see what episode three and four bring us. All right. Uh, we don't do recommendations on our midweek episode, but we do things that we are looking forward to, some things that are coming out in the near future. Uh, how many do you have any, and how many do you have? I have two, and they're really quick. Okay. Uh, and I've mentioned these before, but they're finally here. It's the week of Better Call Saul and Barry. Oh, okay. They're back. I need to go back and watch Barry. Yeah, uh, Barry, Barry is really good. Barry comes out Sunday, April 24th, and uh, Better Call Saul starts on 
April the 18th, Monday, okay. April the 18th, and it's the last season. Right. And there's so many unanswered questions, and there are characters that are in Better Than Carl Saul that aren't in uh, Breaking Bad that are beloved characters that we care about, so we're concerned about them. Okay. And then uh, it's just a great show, and you don't see a lot of prequels that are as good as the original, which is no, the, shocking. Really and it, some people think it's better, and you, you could make the case. And then Barry, I love with Bill Hader and Henry Winkler, Stephen Root. Just a really great show about a uh, hitman that wants to be an actor. Uh, it's <laughs> it's uh, funny. It's it's really fun. It's dark, but it's funny as well. And it, like I said, I, I'm I've mentioned them a couple of times. Looking forward to well, they're here, and I'm excited. Awesome. Uh, like I said, I've heard, I've heard good things up there. You know, I mean to go back and watch it. Yeah, I need to, I need to do that because it's it's still I could still get caught up at this point. Yeah, you but, could. So uh, I have two as well. Uh, one is an anime show that's coming out on next Netflix. It's Pacific Rim: uh, The Black Season oh. Two. Uh, I loved. I, I just kind of stumbled upon the first season of it. I was just flipping through Netflix and I saw Pacific Rim. Uh, it was called it was a series like oh okay cool they did a series on on pacific rim and it was an anime i was like oh, that's kind of disappointing but i ended up watching it and i ended up enjoying it uh it's much more dramatic than the the movies were uh the movies they, they're drama there's some as well but they're more just we're fighting big huge monsters and big huge it's, robots it's charlie I mean, is charlie day a voice no, I don't think he is. Oh. I, I don't think so, uh, if I remember correctly. Because these are, this is uh, this is like a completely separate story. It's like these parents who are part of the Pacific Rim who like control the robots. I can't remember what the robots' names are, what they call them at this point. Uh, but like they go to battle, and like their kids come, stumble or left behind, and they stumble across one of the robots and they like take it up and all that kind of stuff it's like i said it's it's an interesting story like i said it's much more dramatic it's very much anime uh it has those roots in it i don't like a lot of anime i'll yeah. be perfectly honest yeah. with you but this one uh, i bought into it when i watched it so uh the first season i'll wait to see the second season uh i was also glancing through my peacock subscription because i was like i have it i might as well watch it some <laughs> my wife my wife is one who watches it because she loves all the chicago series the chicago pd chicago fire uh she loves those but i don't hardly ever watch it so like, yeah, let me just kind of check and see and there's a show that has craig robinson you know who craig robinson is oh yeah i love craig robinson uh it's called killing it on yeah Peacock. uh so i'm interested I, i'm going to try to carve out some time to watch it because i'm sure it's going to be great uh, yeah uh craig robinson for those of you who are listening if you're not sure who we're talking about he was in he's best probably done for the office yeah uh he was the guy Darryl. who played Daryl, yeah, Daryl from the storeroom, uh, or docks, I guess yeah. it was. The Daryl from the docks. Uh, he is uh, in this. He is uh, the star of this show called Killing It. Like I said, I, it's it's comedy. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I do plan to watch it. Uh, there's like ten episodes. They're all about thirty minutes each. So I want to try to I want to try to check it out because I do love what everything that Craig Robinson does. Well, I was going to mention Craig Robinson. I saw where the um, Pardon My Take podcast. They had him on this week, and I saw oh, it. They? they had a viral clip. It was Craig Robinson. They just started singing "Purple Rain," and he absolutely kills it. Awesome! I'll have to check that out. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like that sounds very interesting, to say the least. So, all right. Well, I guess that's all for this week's. Uh, anything else you want to add before we head out? Just appreciate everybody joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. I agree, and I will echo those same sentiments. And as always, until next time. Oh, hold on. I do need to remind everybody what we're covering. Look, it's going to be this. It's going to be Moon Knight and Outer Range until they're both over. They both uh, Outer Range ends the last Friday in April. So uh, 
we'll be covering it through it. And Moon Knight ends the last, the first Wednesday in May, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, that, that's going to be kind of be our recording schedule. It's kind of locked in until we get to uh, the end of the, both those shows. So if you're wondering what we're going to be recording about, just uh, know that we got we, we got our next month kind of set in stone at this point. So, all right. But like I was saying earlier, I will echo Ryan's sentiments. And as we head off into the sunset, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.